0: where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Good evening. There's a lot of breaking news as we come on the air tonight, including possible new cases of that deadly virus from China right here in the U.S. But we're going to begin tonight with a dramatic day in the Senate impeachment trial. The House managers prosecuting President Trump spent their second day of arguments laying out their case for Article One and how they say the president abused his power. The president is taunting Democrats for refusing to make a deal, allowing him to call witnesses in exchange for letting them call his top aides. This is a new poll suggests a majority of Americans from both parties want to hear that new testimony tonight we're learning when the president's lawyers could start making their own arguments and it can't come soon enough for the president who has spent his time launching an escalating series of attacks on twitter nancy Cordes is on capitol hill tonight nancy
1: Nora, the House impeachment managers spent today arguing that the president didn't just abuse his power to help his own reelection, but that he did it by employing a Russian narrative that his own aides had tried and failed to debunk.
2: Everyone else told the president, time after time, this is nonsense. To- the
1: spotlight today was on President Trump's motives for pursuing two conspiracy theories, one about the 2016 election. And one about Joe Biden. The one person who told President Trump his theory is true, who was it? You know it was, our adversary, Russia. And they argued that with Biden leading in the polls by last spring, Mr. Trump pressured Ukraine to launch what he hoped would be an embarrassing investigation.
2: No president has ever used his office to compel a foreign nation to help him cheat in our elections. On the basis of this Russian propaganda,
1: he withheld 400 million in military aid to a nation Russia was fighting, our ally. The president defended himself once again today in a torrent of tweets. One Trump confidant tells CBS News that GOP senators have been warned. Vote against the president and your head will be on a pike. So far, you know, their heads appear say, to which, be safe. So
3: far, what uh, Schiff has said, uh, we've heard before. I didn't hear anything new.
4: They're already repeating the made for 13 hours yesterday.
2: The same Republicans saying they heard nothing new. JUST VOTED NINE TIMES ON TUESDAY TO HEAR NOTHING NEW.
1: DEMOCRATIC Even LEADER CHUCK SCHUMER trial. CITED A NEW REUTERS POLL SHOWING SEVEN IN TEN AMERICANS WANT THE TRIAL TO FEATURE WITNESSES.
2: EVERYONE HERE WHO'S ELECTED HAS SOME DUTY TO LISTEN TO THEIR CONSTITUENTS. THEIR CONSTITUENTS ARE SAYING WITNESSES AND DOCUMENTS.
0: NANCY JOINS US FROM THE HILL. and THE DEMOCRATS HAVE HAD TWO DAYS NOW TO MAKE THEIR CASE. DO WE KNOW WHEN? WE'LL HEAR FROM THE PRESIDENT'S LEGAL TEAM.
1: Well, the Democrats get one more day tomorrow, which would put the president's defense team up at bat on Saturday. But there are some concerns that their arguments won't get as much attention if they deliver them on the weekend. So there's now some talk, Nora, of a shortened Saturday session leading to the defense team kicking off its arguments in earnest on Monday.
0: All right, Nancy, thank you. Now to that deadly virus from China. Tonight, the CDC is sounding the alarm and issuing its most urgent travel warning to stop the spread right here. But there are now two more possible cases in the U.S., one in Los Angeles, another in Texas. The death toll is up to 18, with more than 600 people infected. Carter Evans has the very latest.
3: Today, a Texas A&M student showing possible coronavirus symptoms put the college station community on edge.
2: If there's a confirmed case, uh, contact tracing will begin uh, and all contacts will be monitored for development of symptoms.
3: In Wuhan, China, where the virus first emerged, police barricaded roads, blocked access to trains and patrolled the airport as the city shut down in an effort to contain the virus. Inside hospitals, people are scrambling for screenings and at supermarkets worried residents cleared shelves. The streets of this typically vibrant community are now a ghost town. Chinese authorities are ordering similar shutdowns in the nearby cities of Wangong and Erzhou, affecting nearly 20 million people. That's more than the populations of New York City, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. China's capital, Beijing, canceled major events around the Lunar New Year holiday indefinitely, as the virus spreads to eight countries, sickening more than 600. In Boston, Moderna Therapeutics has ramped up its research to create a vaccine specific to the new virus. The company is partnering with the National Institutes of Health, which says a vaccine could be ready for human testing in as few as three months.
2: There are certainly
0: unknowns. There are certainly risks with moving quickly in a vaccine. But if we don't move now, uh, there's a chance that if things spiral out of control, we won't be able to respond fast enough. And Carter joins us now from Los Angeles International Airport, which is one of five screening checkpoints in the United States for passengers arriving from China. So, Carter, have there been any positive cases there at LAX?
3: Well, there was a big scare last night when a sick passenger arrived on a flight from Mexico. But the health department here says it's monitoring and testing a few individuals. Still, so far, no positive cases of the coronavirus.
0: All right, Carter, thank you. Today, the highest-ranking pharmaceutical executive to be convicted in the opioid crisis was sentenced to five and a half years in prison. Prosecutors say John Kapoor orchestrated a bribery and kickback scheme to get doctors to prescribe his company's painkiller. Anna Warner reports on the case.
5: 76-year-old John Kapoor is the founder of Insys Therapeutics, which prosecutors said aggressively marketed subsys, a potent opioid painkiller which was FDA-approved only for breakthrough cancer pain. According to the FDA, more than 8,000 people died from the drug, including 32-year-old Sarah Fuller, says her mother, Deb Fuller.
6: They all got away with murder. Because it's exactly what they did because it's more than Sarah that died from it.
5: Last year, Kapoor and five other former Insys company executives were found guilty of a nationwide conspiracy to boost sales. It was the first successful criminal prosecution holding pharmaceutical executives accountable for the opioid crisis.
3: It's a therapeutics that is our name.
5: Prosecutors presented this rap video during the 10-week trial as evidence. Employees of the company were featured in the video. And Prosecutors say Insys bribed doctors by paying them for sham speaking engagements. Sentences for the five other company executives ranged from a year and a day to 33 months, Nora.
0: All right, Anna, thank you. Well, tonight, fire officials in Australia have located the wreckage of an aerial tanker that crashed, killing three American firefighters. They were flying a C-130 tanker like this one, trying to douse pockets of wildfire that could not be reached on the ground. The Americans have not been identified, but CBS News has learned they were in their 40s. Their families are flying to Australia. The wildfires have burned 25 million acres, an area larger than the state of Indiana. Three days before music's biggest night, the suspended executive who was in charge of the Grammys gave an explosive interview to CBS News, claiming that the awards nominations are rigged by board members in secret meetings. Here's Vladimir Dutier.
2: The Music World's biggest award show is reeling from Deborah Dugan's nomination rigging allegations.
6: Yes, And in that room, not only are there trustees that have a conflict of interest on particular artists that are nominated, but more importantly, there are even artists that are nominated that are in the room. Uh, So for me, that's just such a blatant conflict of interest.
7: And the Grammy goes. Two.
2: Dugan claims one 2019 Song of the Year finalist shouldn't have been a nominee and was actually ranked 18th out of 20. Dugan has been on administrative leave since last week. The Academy is investigating allegations that she created an abusive and bullying environment made against her by an executive assistant, which Dugan denies. On Tuesday, Dugan filed a federal discrimination complaint alleging she was sexually harassed, and separately that former President Neil Portnow did not have his contract renewed because of a rape accusation. Portnow told CBS in a statement that he was exonerated after an investigation, saying there was no basis for the allegations, and once again, I deny them unequivocally.
3: There's a bit of
2: a haze around the Grammys this year. Matt Bellany is the editorial director for The Hollywood Reporter. The allegation is that there is a second level of these committees that essentially doctor the voting in order to get certain artists nominated and performing on the show. And if that's true, then that is a giant scandal. We reached out to the Recording Academy for reaction to Dugan's latest comments, but haven't heard back. Previously, the Academy said it immediately launched investigations into the complaint against Dugan, as well as her accusations. Nora, we should disclose the Grammy Awards show airs Sunday on CBS.
0: All right, Vlad, thank you. Tonight there are emotional family reunions as nine parents deported by the Trump administration and separated from their children returned to the US. Almost 3,000 children were taken away from their parents in the spring of 2018. Manuel Bohorquez was there as one father was reunited with his son in Los Angeles.
4: David Zoll's tears came spilling out after waiting nearly two years for this moment to hug his nine-year-old son, Byron. <laughs> muy muy contento. Contento. Zoll marveled at how much his son has grown during the time he stayed with a host family in Texas. I know. <laughs> Zoll was one of nine parents who arrived in Los Angeles early this morning after a court-mandated return. The parents had been detained and then deported to Central America without their children in 2017 and 2018. But in September, a federal judge ruled that many of the parents had been given false information and in some cases pressured into waiving their rights. Fernando, a father from Guatemala, was greeted by his wife and three daughters. The family sought asylum at the U.S.-Mexico border after his teenage son was murdered. Oh. But not all parents had their children waiting at the airports, and some are across the country under government care or with sponsors. Leticia hopes to be reunited with her son in New York soon. She said she can almost feel his hand. The parents are here on so-called humanitarian parole, which does not guarantee that they or their children will be allowed to remain in the U.S. permanently. But now they can wait together as their asylum cases are processed. Nora.
0: All right, Manny, thank you. And there's news tonight that will hit many Americans right in the wallet. FICO, the most widely used credit score in the country, is changing the way it calculates customer scores, and that will make it harder for millions to get loans. FICO will grade customers with growing debt and missed payments more harshly, and unsecured personal loans could also hurt your score. As a result, FICO says about 40 million people will see their credit scores drop by 20 points or more. But there's also a flip side to this, another 40 million who already have high scores We'll see theirs improve, and that's going to increase the gap between those who are considered to have good and bad credit. Journalism has lost a giant. Jim Lehrer died at home today. The longtime anchor of PBS's NewsHour was 85 years old. Lehrer also moderated debates in seven straight presidential elections following this one rule. It's not about me. It's what the candidates say that matters. Jan Crawford looks back.
8: Good evening, I'm Jim Lara. He was a legend in news, guided by unshakable principles. Listen to all sides. Viewers are as smart as the journalists. And above all, in his words... I am not in the entertainment business. In 1973, his gavel-to-gavel coverage of the Watergate hearings... you
6: swear that the evidence...
8: Led to his longtime partnership with fellow journalist Robert McNeil...
6: We think it is important that you get a chance to see the whole thing and make your own judgments.
8: Over four decades, Lehrer's interviews with world and national leaders always went straight to the point.
6: Would you acknowledge, though, Mr. President, this is very serious business,
3: uh, this charge against you that's been made? And I will cooperate
6: in the inquiry.
8: He moderated 12 presidential debates, more than any other journalist. And let's begin with jobs. In a TV appearance just last month, he critiqued the media coverage of President Trump. We haven't figured it out. Maybe a good place to start is with the principles he left us with. I'm Jim Lehrer. Thank you and good night. Jan Crawford, CBS News, Washington.
0: Our own Bob Schieffer perhaps summed up how we all feel, because Lehrer was a trusted friend to many of us and a role model to us all. Michelle Carter, the 23-year-old Massachusetts woman who, through a series of texts, pushed her boyfriend to kill himself, is free tonight after serving less than a year in prison. Carter had been sentenced to 15 months for involuntary manslaughter, but was released early for good behavior. A new study out finds most Americans feel lonely, and our modern, connected world isn't helping. Researchers questioned some 10,000 people about their lives. Their responses? Troubling. Nearly two-thirds of Americans are lonely, feeling left out, poorly understood, or lacking companionship. Men were found to be more lonely than women. A surprising finding, the younger you are, the lonelier you might be. Nearly 70% of working millennials report being lonely, compared to 49% of baby boomers. Social media users are particularly lonely, 73% of heavy users are lonely, 52% of light users. Experts call this an urgent time for the study of loneliness, that in-person connections are what really matter, sharing time to have a meaningful interaction and a meaningful conversation. To share our lives with each other, these are the keys to tackling loneliness. They live in every big city in shelters and cars or on sidewalks. They're ignored by most. But a father and his 10-year-old son are determined to change that. Here's Maria Villarreal.
5: It's 126. A
7: lot of people have ate already. Chase and his dad, John Hansen, search the There's streets so of Salt Lake City every weekend for the perfect person to take to lunch. The only requirement is that they're homeless. Is there a point where you are nervous, especially with your, your 10-year-old son? Um, You know, there's been a few moments that I've I've been, you know, you feel that warning in your heart. My name's Monique. John and Chase started what they call Project Empathy four years ago. It's all about sharing a meal with someone, listening to their story and figuring out how they can help. The homeless took me in more than the people I actually knew here. Their meeting with Monique was brief. How do you stay in touch with her?
2: Sometimes we can't. It's a challenge. It's oftentimes what you have is a moment in time where you're just intentional and deliberate. Sometimes you can't do more than the now.
7: Mike Campbell is someone they did stay in touch with. He was one of the first people they took to lunch.
2: I, I developed a friend in John, and finally I learned how to be a friend.
7: Mike has two sons who live with his ex-wife.
4: I have a single-man tent.
7: He lives in a small tent south of Salt Lake.
4: It's a way to get by until I can get back to to a place where I can provide a place for my boys and I to live together.
7: It's like really slippery. John and Chase know they can't solve the homeless problem everywhere. Yeah. They're just hoping empathy will catch on.
5: We could and we will succeed if we have other people come out and help.
7: Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Salt Lake
0: City, Utah. Imagine if more of us do that. It's an incredible gift and great amount of empathy. And on tomorrow's CBS Evening News, watch a nine-year-old's eyes light up. And there's quite a backstory to this. Steve Hartman strikes up the band on the road. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Good night.
6: Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst